Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Elena. We have Justin on with us. We're so excited to be back with you guys for yet another episode. Today, we're doing a Q&A episode. If you go back to our channel, wherever you listen to podcasts, please remember to like and subscribe and download. We really appreciate all of the love that we get from you guys, both here on whatever platform you listen on, also over on social media, Centurion Leadership Battalion. So we're really excited to dive in today. How are you doing, Justin? Happy Tuesday is when we're recording this today. Oh, it is Tuesday. Um, I am doing well. I'm very tired actually um we are rearranging we've we've grown rapidly in our fulfillment and logistics and distribution businesses i think i mentioned on a few podcasts and it's just rearranging everything and being here on weekends so we can build shelving and do all that as the business grows has been tiring and uh, anyone who listens in it's usually the hard times you need to step up that's not when you need to go back in your hole and relax and wait things out things like covid and everything it's just meant that i've had to step up even more and the worse those supply chain gets and the worse our food supply gets the more hours we have to work um because we have to try to get ahead there's no way to all of a sudden pull money out of nowhere and employ people for what we don't know yet so it means that i have to spend a lot of time you know 11 12 hours a day in the kitchen dealing with stuff that i wouldn't normally deal with to try to figure out how to grow properly without wasting positions or making sure the positions grow and add value and not take away value or take away someone's pride in their job so it's a very delicate thing so it's been quite exhausting so i am tired i am trying to get to the office between 5 30 and 6 15 every day which i know a lot of entrepreneurs do it's just atypical for me usually I like to finish things off at the end of the day and prepare for the next day, the night before, but just based on the way things are going, um, I've had to switch my leadership style a little bit based on the circumstances. So I think there's probably a valuable lesson in there somewhere as an entrepreneur, since that I believe is also today's topic. Yes, I'm really excited for today's question. So our question that we're going to go over today is why is it our duty to be entrepreneurs and leaders? Okay. a great question, uh, um, uh, Elena. Geez, I almost called you Audrey again. I was talking to Audrey. So <laughs> name sounds similar. So I apologize, guys. Audrey is our executive director of marketing and media. But anyway, um, I like this topic, one, just because of what's going on in the world right now. And two, um, I like it because I often think, like, I'm teaching um, a lot of students now in entrepreneurism. Um, as well as uh, working with a lot of students at Georgia College on other business classes. And then we have a bunch here that are interning. I think we have six as of tomorrow um, that I've started. And so the thing is, is I think as entrepreneurs and an entrepreneur and a leader, we often don't realize how important our jobs are 
or the things that we do in a free market society. And, you know, at the end of the day, when our troops are out there fighting, you know, for our freedoms and protecting our way of life, it's still our duty as citizens to go preserve that way of life. It's not necessarily the military's job. The military's job is to fight to protect it or give it to us, or even maybe arguably help spread democracy around the world because free markets are a better world. And when there's not many um, free citizens in the world compared to the um, citizens that aren't free, um, or I would call in a free, freer government or have rights such as women in the Middle East um, and other countries, we can start to talk about you know, here nor there, I get it, we all have differences and believe different things. But in my opinion, um, if you're going to have a democracy, and you're going to have equality in the world, and all humans are going to grow forward, and we're going to save this planet, we first have to establish the rights of and voice of every human. And, you know, I use food as a common ground. But as entrepreneurs, like we empower people by creating jobs, we build legacies for them, we, we help them with financial independence. And put their kids through school. So one of the things that I, that as I've been teaching these classes that I've come to realize is we are the next level of warriors in this world. It, maybe we don't fight with bullets, but we live in a world economy now where economic warfare, whether we like it or not, is huge. And yes, there's economic espionage and all that that countries are committing right now. So we have to be aware as leaders and entrepreneurs. But here's my thing, you know, I know other countries can steal our stuff and they can get technology and they can become competitive and whatever. But if we're really great at what we do as companies and we're really good, it doesn't matter how far ahead we are or how close someone is behind us if we're always facing forward, if we're always trying to be ahead. And no matter who steals anything from us, that's not going to happen. Like, okay, steal it. Good. I often tell people, here's my business plan. Good luck doing it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of people taking pictures in the building. Yes, people can steal the business. Yes, people can um, probably do it cheaper than me, guaranteed. They're not going to get the service. They're not going to get the personalities. They're not going to get a group of people that live by the core values that we do. So if you're in business just for money, you probably aren't going to do business with me either way. Because that's not where at the end of the day, we end up as partners, hence the name food service partners. And we have grown strong farmhouse because we work so close with the farmers. That's why the name's in there. Primal Rock Grocery House, because we're trying to regenerate the planet. And obviously, Better with Bacon Fat Studios is the way we get the message out there. And everyone knows things are better with bacon. So there are things like that, joking aside, that we can do as entrepreneurs with purpose, and when we're trying to find our niche as a leader or our niche as an entrepreneur, that is it. We are the modern day knights and we, you know, knights of the Templar, if you will, are not an exact correlation because they obviously believed in things and, and Catholics and going to the Holy End. But what I am saying is the journey to the right thing, the journey to stick up for what's right, the journey for an entrepreneur or a leader is protecting the free market, is protecting markets that do value the world. And it's not going and building things in foreign countries, it's exporting knowledge and business or whatever to those countries so people can have economic value and create jobs. We I often add one thing it. into what you were saying before, you were saying about the, 
now I'm going to blank. This is my pregnancy brain on the way that you worded it, but you were saying, you know, people could steal the ideas or take, you know, take your ideas and see what you're doing and try to go recreate it on their own. But I saw this quote a long time ago, back when I was starting my own side business. And I remember it said, people can steal the ingredients, but they can't recreate the sauce to taste the same. And I love that because it kind of ties in with, you know, food and what you do with food. But I think that's really interesting because it really is true for, you know, any entrepreneur, it can be scary to, you know, put your ideas out there because you do take those risks of someone, you know, taking those ideas and trying to do their own thing. But I just love that quote because it's a good reminder that, you know, when you are working on your business or building your own company, building your brand, whatever it is, you know, people can sure see what you're doing and try to go do it. That happens very often in the market, but it won't be the same, the same turnout, the same quality as what you're doing, the same niche, all of those things. So I just wanted to add that in there because it reminded me of that quote. And absolutely, because that is the truth. I mean, that's the thing that we're facing today that we don't realize and that the Chinese and the Russians, I mean, they're undefeated. We talk about it. They're undefeated in war and they're undefeated in economic warfare. So, um, and in trade and, 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 and protecting their people and nationalist mentalities, so on and so forth. Um, but one of the things that they do very well is they, in, in protecting, their country they export if you see chinese go into a country and build a cement plant for example they export all of their labor to that country they don't create jobs in that country they're not creating they're not exporting knowledge they're just finding new places for chinese people to live and have influence and infiltrate no different than the united states putting military bases all over the united states or great britain having the commonwealth of countries whether or not they're independent countries, there's still the Commonwealth of Islands that are naval ports and trade ports that are very valuable to the United Kingdom. So like we do things because they're strategic. Chinese way of life for thousands of years has always been economic. Trade routes, opium, you name it, just to name one of the big ones. It's what they do. And so and they're good at it. But if you're a democracy loving person and you believe democracy is the way, we have to fight for it just as much as they're fighting and pushing communism. They just get to print their own money. They get to play on a different field than they do. They can go buy a whole cement um, mine or whatever it is that you use to get cement and then build the um, factory and use all Chinese labor. And a foreign government like in Africa that needs the money for whatever it's doing or warfare or whatever breed is happy to take it and exploit their people, which is what the Chinese are doing. They're exploiting the natives by not hiring the natives. They're using them. They're using their money, their, their land, their resources, and it's benefiting the Chinese. You know, one of the greatest things in capitalism ever is our fast food restaurants. I get it in food and I'm a health food nut. And I can have my arguments against him. I can pretty much find anything pretty much healthy to eat if I have to at any fast food place. Like I can work around it with my knowledge. I think um, the more you actually get into health food and you've been around in biodiversity of food as long as I have, while the solution you can see from Primal Rock really what our beliefs are and they would differ from the fast food, there's ways that you can eat healthy within any restrictions and fast food restaurants and all that. So one, I don't want to, 
demonize them. I do think they could be healthier. I do think they could change the rules. I do think they could lead the pack in world health and sustainability and locally sourcing um, and change their model a bit. If it were me, I know checkers is out there. I think about this all the time. I freaking love checkers, but I would change the model completely. They're hurting right now and they're hurting because their model has always been somewhat what COVID created. So now everyone else is kind of in the same model as they are. You'd have to go to central production, you have to go to grass-fed beef, and you have to um, change the way your business is done, and you have to go environmentally healthier food. Yes, you're still fast food. Yes, you can still have your curly fries. Yes, you can still have your hamburgers and your buns. Clean it up, make yourself a difference. But my point being this, is still these companies are American companies that the money and the profit ends up back in America, and they are waging warfare for business and franchising all over the world. And they're doing it under, okay, the person that owns the franchise may be Indian, but ultimately those proceeds come back to America. But also that franchisee is building accountants, is building jobs. He's an owner of those franchises. So he's also getting ownership in that country, but they're building wealth and they're building a democratic way and way of life if they don't customize to the, the culture too much for sales i get it you have to do it but we're also at the point where every other country is pushing their way of life communism take care of your own people first make sure they're on equal china clearly does that no matter what country it goes to so if we want to take care of all humanity we have to lead as entrepreneurs and we have to lead as leaders and i want to pause there for a second because i i I don't give Elena enough time to chat, talk. And this one is a very hot topic right now, in my opinion, because if we don't start building these leaders in these entrepreneurs and business people, the future that they understand that they are also warriors on a global scale for the health of our planet and for the free market system and democracy, um, that they too yield a gun. It just looks like a, a keyboard or these days a cell phone, um, but that is our weapon. Um, when we charged it, it is reloading it. It is how we go out and fight for the free world and spread democracy as only 300 million Americans, potentially not all of us even are entrepreneurs, against 7.9 billion other people or whatever, 7.6, if you do the math, or 7.5, blah, 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 number. Because I think we're at 398, maybe, or maybe even 400, whatever the US population is now. So, um, what are your thoughts, Elaine, on all that as we talked about it and, and sort of seeing a higher purpose and being an entrepreneur and a leader? Yeah, I think, you know, you you covered a lot there in the last few minutes. And I think it was interesting, you know, that you hit on fast food and especially with what's going on right now in COVID. I want to expand on that a little bit and, and ask kind of what you meant by that. Um, I think you were talking about Crystal. Am I correct? I believe it was Crystal. I get Crystal confused with Checkers. So I don't remember which one it was that you said. Go ahead. But no, talk about, let reference what you're saying so I can maybe understand exactly. Yeah, you were saying that, you know, they were hurting during during COVID and you were explaining how, you know, you have no trouble with finding, you know, healthier options at fast food places just over the years with your expertise and all the things you've learned, whether it's about food or just health and wellness. I know you, you are on your own health and wellness journey outside of what you do professionally. You do a lot of the 75 hard and all those things, which also play into you being a leader. 
um, and an entrepreneur and what you do and just your discipline level. So I just want to expand on what you were, what you were sharing. So I can make sure I'm understanding correctly what you were sharing about the fast food chain. Yeah. I mean, the main, I mean, the main thing, sorry, I was making sure if I was muted, the main thing is that if we just go out in the world and do what everyone else does, it is mediocre. And if we try to do the same thing else everyone does, we may be trying, but we're not going to amount to much. And if we're looking at purely what the opportunity is as a leader and where the future is as an entrepreneur, I don't see how it's not in food or the regeneration of our planet. And here's the thing is we've spent about 30 years, at least in my existence of the theory of global warming. I get it. I understand warming and I understand fossil fuels and all of those things. Um, I also understand economics and the movement of money on a global scale, particularly in food and what fossil fuels do to that. Okay, the sun may grow plants, but the sun does not run a tractor right now. So I get it, but you need to be able to run farming equipment to produce food year round. And we just, we can't jerk around with our supplies and then expect everything else to be okay because we're afraid of the ozone. It's true that we need to worry about all those things. I don't worry about all of them because to me, the solution is very simple. You know, it's going to take entrepreneurs and it's going to take leaders to just understand that we consume food, more food than fuel in a day, then gasoline, then natural gas, then heat, then electricity. I get it. It all contributes, but it's just one thing. We're still going to eat. We're still going to need food. We're still going to fart, eat and burp or whatever the other concerns are of animals, even if we don't kill them off, you know, so you know, what is a free market leader look like? What does the world look like? You know, this is interesting thing. I'm going to say it out loud because I don't know where we're going to end up being. Maybe we'll turn back to the episode and be like, okay. But the realistic thing is, is I think that we are in a world now where the right leader and entrepreneur of the future is going to be able to unite the world through food or something around food that feeds everyone, that adds to nutrition, that leads to our population problems, that leads to regeneration of our planet, meaning population problems, meaning it doesn't matter what our population is, we can figure out how to regenerate the earth and have food. And I get it, there's only so much carbon to exchange here and there. But the future is that person. Like, and we know we all think of a world or dream of a world united which is really hard to think when we have over 120 plus countries or whatever it is, maybe 160, 170, I don't remember the exact number. But at some point, humanity will realize through some crisis that if we don't have food and water, everything else, the money, the consumerism, the, the helping the poor, the feeling good at the end of the day, that whether or not we believe in gods or don't believe in gods, it doesn't matter because we have a choice and we get to do it every day. It's literally in our fingertips every day. Everyone could be like, oh, it's, it's a matter of whether I have a Tesla that battery charges 
or our gasoline. Still energy, still coming from somewhere. I don't care whether the sun produces it, a coal mine produces it, a nuclear power plant produces it, or whatever. But if we're really worried about fossil fuels, then we would stop taking all fuels, whatever, and know that windmills and solar is not the answer either. Because we need as much solar as we can to grow food, or at least bounce it around indoor farming to grow food, not put into solar panels. That's meant for space. I get it, it's a solution, but come on, we can do better. We can use that more. We can use sun to, to create energy. We can use the sun to help grow the plants in our house. What is it that we're doing? So I think a leader and entrepreneur is gonna figure out a lot more how to tie all these things together. And at the end of the day, people buy solar panels, not because they believe they're saving an environment. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But it also, at the end of the day, people generally pull the trigger when they find out it saves them money or they get to sell money back. Just saying. It's usually in the United States, a financial, um, no matter how good we think we're doing, it usually comes down to whether we can afford it or not and whether or not we'll make our money back. So that being said, to Elena's thing is if we're going to do something, we're going to be a leader, we're going to be an entrepreneur, why not tie it all in for the betterment of humanity, the animals on the planet, the plants on the planet, which are all living organisms. We're going to talk about living, all living things, including plants and animals and microorganisms and all that stuff. Shit, arguably even COVID's living. Um, we have to look at things differently and I don't, I don't want to die as a human. I think we should protect ourselves. So I wasn't giving COVID a pass. I'm just being realistic. Uh, so we have to embrace the world as we know it. And we have to be able to fight other things that are living organisms naturally, such as through our health, um, through different solutions. Medicine is, is, is maybe the answer and science may be the answer. Great somehow it should be tied to nature and not not making things there's enough out there enough diversity in the world that we should be spending just as much time exploring the things that are out there so we can grow as many different plants and animals to bring into our into our medicine into our biopharmacies so that we diversify the planet and we have diverse plants imagine now i have a farm that i'm planting food not only rotationally but i'm also planning medicine rotationally in there so why is it needed why is it important because there isn't any in the world i would say that i don't know many of me that exist um but i do know that many the 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 lack of many make up for it in the momentum we're all gaining by going in the same direction. Um, and all of these um, entrepreneurs that I'm talking about that are similar um, see the same thing. How can I take one task, my job as an entrepreneur or my lifestyle as an entrepreneur, I don't consider it a job, and take one thread and thread it through as many needles as possible to weave a better future? So I'm trying to take one piece of yarn, which is me, but put it through as many needles as possible. Food, healthcare systems, grocery stores, farms, the planet, employees, creating better humans, so on and so forth. So how many things can I thread 
or how many needles can I thread with, with, with my one thread? How many needles can I put to work? We've used the analogy before, I believe in the podcast, it's the same thing. So, you know, why is it important, especially in free market societies or, or people that believe in, in democracy? It's important because we are the warriors and you can't go to Brazil and do business the same way as people come Brazilians come into America to do business. You can't go to Turkey, look up the laws, guys, look up the laws of doing business in Brazil. How about China? How about India? How about Russia? Shit, how about Turkey? One of our allies, or maybe even Argentina and beef. you know, for a number of years. So, I mean, those countries, we don't go into those countries and compete with our businesses the same way we allow them to come compete in our markets. We allow a free market, meaning any, everyone can play, everyone's invited to the party. But those countries, not everyone's invited to the party. And some of them, you can't even come to the party unless whatever you're doing in that domestic partner is 50% or more owned by a local business, by a company owned by the Brazilians or the Chinese or the Russians or the Turkish, depending on the country. Not all of them follow that rule, but I just list them all. So you still look them all up. But it's a valuable resource, guys. Like it's, those are some of the biggest countries in the world, those brick countries, as they used to be called in my day the Brazils, the Russias, the Indias, the Chinas. Look at their government structures. Look at the way they do business. Look at who our true competitors really are. Everyone's like, oh, brick, you wanna invest in brick. Yeah, we did that for 25 years. Now they're super powerhouses even more than they were before. Good work. Awesome. We didn't invest in ourselves. Like why? Anything worse investing in and every entrepreneur knows this. And this is why we're the leaders of the future is you invest in yourself and you invest in your people. You don't go, I'm not going to go be competitive by investing in some competitors, people. Does that make any sense to anyone? I mean, the Chinese literally do it. They're investing in, in their own people and then taking them to the market. So if I'm going to invest in democracy, I need to go invest in the people in those countries who are trying to be democratic and then empower them through the financial needs. Because I hate to break it to everyone, democracy also exists because of consumerism. Democracies allow massive amounts of consumerism and money to move fast. You go to Russia, you go to China, I can tell you, your, a dollar does not move as fast. It does not compound throughout an economy as fast as a dollar does here. That's what makes it special. Other countries don't do that. They don't have the mindset. Their people don't have the culture. They have a lot more saving mentality. They have a lot more instability in their money markets. So like, how do we do it? You know, as an entrepreneur, you have to create jobs and you have to understand that you know, what you're starting as scary as it is getting that foot in front of the other, you've got to start thinking about that big picture now and creating that culture now, you know, did we create some of it as food service partners early on with sustainability? Sure. But could we have done a lot more and have been a lot more impactful by now? Yes. Could we have made a lot, lot more money by now? Yes. 
you know, but it comes down to that I didn't lead as an entrepreneur. I was leading as a businessman a lot of my career. And even though I was doing entrepreneurial things and building new businesses, I forgot about that it's not like I get it. We we raise up entrepreneurs, they flip companies, they do all those things, but it's not the real definition. And it's not the real definition of a leader. A leader is in it for the long term. A leader knows that his reputation's in the game no matter what. And whatever he accomplishes now, if it's great, he's gonna have to live up to that greatness from every day hereafter and try to overcome it or make sure that he doesn't scar it in any way so people keep looking at it with hope. So, you know, that is what it is. If we want to think of ourselves as entrepreneurs and leaders and business people or whatever in our communities, at the end of the day, we do have to understand that we hold a great amount of power in our hands, especially as Americans, especially as democratic countries. Um, we do fight for free markets and most countries markets or lifestyle or entrepreneurial mentality doesn't even exist. So even if you're in a business, even if you think you're not entrepreneurial, you're probably more entrepreneurial living in the United States or a democratic country or a free market country than the entire rest of the world who may have quote unquote an entrepreneur in there. So I think that Yes, an entrepreneur starts something, they have an idea, they're a starter, they're a business person, but really they have to have a greater mission and it has to be longer term. I think for the term to really be effective and a serial entrepreneur is often a person who builds and sells, builds and sells, builds and sells. But at the end of the day, that person's never not gonna understand how to build something over the long run. So what are they leading? great. They're wealthy. I think they did great. They should be a model and plenty of people could do that. And that's what you're good at. You should do it. But what else are you doing for the long-term or why not turn that into a long-term thing? Because if you build something over the long-term, it's a lot more difficult than flipping stuff. And if you start building stuff over the long-term and you experience that, you can get an idea of what it's really necessary to build a better planet over the long-term. 300 years, roughly, if we started tomorrow. So I think that we have an, an obligation. I think that as an entrepreneur, no different than a judge takes an oath or a doctor takes an oath, we should be taking the same oath. Maybe it's in Centurion Leadership Battalion Oath. Maybe it's some other oath similar, but it's something along those lines where we're going to do better for the world. And we have a duty to not exploit and ruin. And I think if we're true entrepreneurs and we truly took an oath, it's that we use our abilities to better the world. No different than a doctor or an attorney takes an oath to protect his clients. It's our job as entrepreneurs to protect humans, to create jobs, to provide better lives, to grow this world, to solve problems on a free market scale, not on leave it to the government or leave it to the other world to do it. We should always be ahead as leaders and entrepreneurs and free markets. 
So keeping in mind, democracy is still an experiment. On the grand scheme of things, there's been less time in the world without democracy governments than there have been with. So um, if we're betting on democracy is gonna win, it, the ideology itself does not work. There needs to be humans and individuals in those democracies and in those free markets or in any market, if you're trying to be a free market, if you're in a third world country and you don't have a free market, you're listening to you need to be an entrepreneur and figure out how to start the catalyst to get one. You know, it's important that money move freely. And it's important that we all have the opportunity to create value for ourselves and make money. And have purpose in that. Um, because the purpose of serving a whole or serving everyone else is a lot more, but it's a lot better when we get to choose it, when we're not forced to just think of it, or it's not our culture. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, Elena, before we I think we went on for quite a while there on that one? Yeah, I think that, you know, you do have an obligation as a leader, as an entrepreneur, and just as a person, I think, you know, with everything that goes on in our country, lately and even around the world, especially, it kind of reminds you everyone has this obligation um, to do what to do what is right and really just to to do no harm. And you continue to hear, you know, those oaths and the things that people do in different industries, whether it's, you know, lawyers or the medical industry, all these things. But I agree that no matter what the industry is as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as someone of authority, uh, everyone really has that has that obligation. So I think that was a really, a really great way to wrap up the question. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. And thanks for listening. I'm sure we'll talk about this on and we see things, but I think that's really enough for today. Honestly, that was a lot of information. So cool. Thank you everyone for listening in. Keep, you know, sharing paying the fees, pay the dues, get us out there. I know the numbers are growing. It's pretty cool. So thank you, everyone. I know a lot of people at Food Service Partners are spreading the news and better with bacon fat and FSP, Primal Rock, et cetera, but grown strong, but it's still pretty cool to see. So thank you guys. Thank you all for listening in and don't forget to like or download or subscribe this episode and you can go back and listen to our other topics and episodes. We have them labeled by the question topic. So anything that you want more information on, I'm sure we have an episode on or feel free to send us a DM or an email because we would love to hear your questions, but thank you for listening and we look forward to having you back next time. Thanks guys. Bye.